Hello, I'm Dr. Barbara Yawn, a family physician, and I'm pleased to welcome you to this podcast where we will be discussing the updates made to the Global Initiative for Chronic Obstructive Lung Disease, or GOLD, the report for 2021, and how they can be used in your practice. I'm joined by a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD expert and member of the GOLD committee, Dr. Milan Hahn, who will start by reminding us of what GOLD is and how it's been updated in 2020 and 2021. This podcast is sponsored by Beringer Ingelheim Pharmaceuticals, Inc. Welcome, Melon. Thanks so much, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be here. GOLD is an evidence-based strategy for diagnosis, treatment, and management of people with COPD. The current report has been updated to include key peer-reviewed literature published from January of 2019 to July of 2020, with a total of 244 new references. The document is updated yearly, but I'd like to highlight today some of the key updates that have occurred in the past few years. The ABCD tool itself, uh, which was updated first in the 2011 gold update, was a major step forward from simple spirometric grading system that we had used in the past, and it's meant to be a guide for treatment initiation. Once treatment has been initiated, follow-up treatment is guided based on treatment goals, whether the patient needs to be treated for dyspnea or for the prevention of exacerbations. Accordingly, the healthcare professional should follow the algorithm prescribed for either dyspnea or exacerbations. And for patients who require change of treatment for both dyspnea and exacerbations, it's recommended that the exacerbation algorithm be followed. For exacerbations in particular, other factors need to be considered while choosing treatments such as active smoking status and eosinophil count. Melon, I know that more primary care physicians and other clinicians are using the idea of the ABCD tool to start treatment. Let's talk a little bit more about the tool. The ABCD tool is a table or grid with two rows and two columns, with the bottom row being A and B and the top row C and D. The left column is C and A, and then the right column is D and B. The tool uses standardized questionnaires like the Modified British Medical Research Council, or MMRC, and the COPD Assessment Test, or CAD, for comprehensive assessment of symptoms. Based on the symptoms and exacerbation risk, patients are categorized into the gold groups, ranging from A to D. Patients with fewer exacerbations, zero or one a year, and no hospitalizations will be in the lower row A and B, while those with more exacerbations, two or more a year, or one hospitalization, will go to the top row C and D, with most patients falling in the D group. One of the things that we want to stress about exacerbations is that patients often overlook them, except for the more severe ones, perhaps. And they may be called acute bronchitis or bad colds by us or the emergency room department or urgent care healthcare professionals. 
this needs to change to ensure that patients get the best care. But Milan, the Gold Committee recognized that most COPD visits are not for starting therapy, but for confirming that therapy is appropriate for the patient's current condition. That's what the newer algorithms are about, but what is the evidence behind those recommendations? Yes, Barbara, you are correct. The algorithms introduced in 2020 guide continuing therapy. So the dyspnea algorithm recommends the use of two bronchodilators for patients with persistent breathlessness or exercise limitation on long-acting bronchodilator monotherapy. These gold recommendations concur with the recent American Thoracic Society recommendations on the use of combination bronchodilator therapy over monotherapy for patients with COPD who complain of dyspnea or exercise intolerance. In the EMAX study, which was a large prospective trial comparing dual bronchodilator therapy with monotherapy in symptomatic low exacerbation risk patients with COPD, dual bronchodilator therapy with a long-acting beta agonist or LABA and a long-acting muscarinic antagonist or LAMA improved lung function and symptoms compared with monotherapy in symptomatic patients with COPD having a low exacerbation risk and not receiving inhaled corticosteroids or ICS. The exacerbation algorithm recommends escalation from long-acting bronchodilator monotherapy to either LABA-LAMA or LABA-ICS for patients with persistent exacerbations. Flood eosinophil counts may help to identify patients with a greater likelihood of beneficial response to inhaled corticosteroids. Therapy for patients who develop further exacerbations on LABA-LAMA depends on eosinophil counts. They could either be escalated to triple therapy if eosinophil counts are 100 cells per microliter or higher, or they could be started on riflumilast or azithromycin if eosinophil counts are lower than 100 cells per microliter. In patients who develop further exacerbations on long acting beta agonist or inhaled corticosteroid therapy, Gold recommends escalation to triple therapy by adding a LAMA. With regard to the use of triple therapy in patients with COPD, we now have data from two large randomized controlled trials, ethos and impact. These studies included patients who were both symptomatic with CAT score over 10 and had a history of either two moderate or one severe exacerbation in the prior year. All of these patients were previously on maintenance therapy. These studies show a reduction in exacerbations with fixed dose triple therapy as compared to both the LABA ICS and LABA LAMA treatment arms. We now have evidence from the impact and ethos studies that in patients with severe disease, LABA-LAMA-ICS combination therapy may also decrease mortality. If patients treated with triple therapy still have exacerbations, antibiotics such as azithromycin or phosphodiesterase inhibitors such as riflumilase may also be considered for treatment. In order to adjust therapy, each follow-up visit should include a discussion on the current therapeutic regimen. Good point, Melan. This brings us to the idea of regular consultations and their importance in monitoring disease progression and development of complications. Regular follow-up plays an important role in addressing concerned patients who may need more or in identifying patients with lung function decline. 
regular visits can be conducted virtually now without the need for the patient to travel. But I want to go back to the treatable traits because this seems to be a very important and newer concept. Melon, how do we add the treatable traits into our therapeutic decisions? The treatable trait concept is a way to personalize medicine in patients with COPD and focuses our attention on the predominant treatable trait to target our therapeutic approach. So in other words, healthcare providers should evaluate whether it is the treatment of dyspnea or the prevention of exacerbations that needs to be targeted at follow-up and accordingly tailor treatment. So this can be followed by considering other traits like smoking status and eosinophil counts. Uh, it has been observed that both current and ex-smokers with COPD benefit from inhaled steroids in terms of both uh, improvement in lung function and reduction in exacerbation rates. However, the effect of inhaled steroids is lower in heavier current smokers compared with lighter ex-smokers. Also, azithromycin may be less effective in active smokers. As discussed previously, eosinophil counts should be considered when initiating treatment with inhaled corticosteroids. ICS can be considered if the eosinophil counts of the patient are above 100 cells per microliter. So we've talked a lot about the pharmacotherapy management of COPD, but along with pharmacotherapy, other important aspects of COPD management should be continued. This includes keeping up to date with immunizations such as the flu vaccine and both types of the pneumococcal vaccine, the PCV13 and the PPSV23. Patients should continue their COPD medicines and activities, even online, such as participating in virtual pulmonary rehabilitation whenever available. Patients should refer to the COPD action plan to guide treatment and communications with their doctor or clinician. Patients should also undergo regular monitoring for the risk of developing comorbidities such as lung cancer. The Goal 2021 report reminds us of the common risk factors for lung cancer. These include being older than 55 years of age, a smoking history of more than 30 pack years, presence of emphysema, presence of airflow limitation, that's defined as the ratio of the forced expiratory volume or FEV1 in the first second divided by force vital capacity or FVC, and that ratio is less than 0.7. Body mass index less than 25 kilograms per meter squared, and a family history of lung cancer. Patients at risk should undergo CT screening for lung cancer, and the level of emphysema should be reported. Melon, how have you been able to continue COPD maintenance care? And how has the COVID-19 pandemic changed your approach to care and consultations from primary care doctors and other clinicians? That's a great question, Barbara. So patients with COPD are at an increased risk of hospitalization due to COVID-19 and may also be at increased risk of developing severe disease and even death. 
So to provide guidance to healthcare professionals on managing COPD in the era of this global respiratory pandemic, Gold has added a new section on COPD and COVID-19. So Gold recommends continuation of both pharmacological and non-pharmacological treatments for COPD as usual during this pandemic. But as prevention is better than cure, patients with COPD should also adopt all the basic infection control measures, including social distancing, hand washing, mask wearing, and face shielding. Also, now that COVID-19 vaccines are becoming increasingly available, patients should get immunized. I've gotten my vaccine and had uh, overall really minimal side effects. Barbara, what about you? I was also fortunate and have received my two doses of the vaccine. Really, I mainly experienced kind of a sore arm and, some, and a little fatigue, but it was much better than getting COVID. So to summarize our discussion today, many of the gold recommendations remain unchanged. The healthcare professional should put emphasis on the treatable traits and consider the dyspnea and exacerbation algorithms when changing COPD treatment. During the COVID-19 pandemic era, healthcare professionals should help patients continue their maintenance medications, including COPD medications, and also keep up to date on their immunizations. Patients should continue undertaking prevention strategies to reduce the spread of COVID and use virtual visits whenever possible. For regular COPD checkups, or consultations with experts like Dr. Hahn. On behalf of Dr. Hahn and myself, thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found this discussion informative and helpful for your day-to-day -day practice.